0: And I was the first to get to the tomb and first came to the sepulchre. And he stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. But about himself, he said, Yeah, I was there first, but I didn't go in first. I just looked. <laughs> Verse six. Then sa- cometh Simon Peter. He catches up. He finally catches up with John. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. And
0: went into the sepulchre. The way this is written makes it sound like Peter didn't wait. Come on, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John was first, but Peter didn't wait. You see that? Following him and went into the sepulchre. Went into the tomb and seeth the linen clothes lie. And this is very, this detail is important. I'm going to read this slowly. And the napkin that was about his head was not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple. John finally has the courage and goes in. Which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. So when John was outside, he wasn't believing anything good yet. For when he had the
1: yes, guts to go in, he
0: started to believe, maybe something is, uh, huh. Then went he also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. Yes, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their home. May the Lord add yes. a blessing to the reading of the words. Take your seats, amen. We do give thanks for his word. We give thanks for his word. What's amazing about this moment is that if you read the scripture correctly, this moment is unavoidable. In fact, not only is this moment unavoidable, but it is inevitable. Yes, sir. And in fact, Jesus said multiple times, I'm going to be put into the hands of sinful men. It's going to happen. Yes, sir. And not only did he say, I'm going to happen, they're going to crucify me and I'm going to die. But that's not where the story ends. That's not how the conclusion of the story, I don't know if you've watched those episodic kind of, that's kind of the the thing now, they don't do movies, they do TV shows with 10 episodes. There's no sense in watching the first three and missing the last seven. You do not know the story. (laughs) If you were to start watching a 10 episode movie, and you stop at chapter nine, the ninth episode, you have no clue, you don't know the story. You you may as well say, I haven't watched it because you don't know how it ends. The story isn't defined by how it begins. The story isn't defined by how the middle, the story is defined only by how it ends. I don't know. There's some popular TV shows out there, I don't know if you remember, I didn't watch it, but um, the story a uh, Lost. A lot of people were loved Lost, but then the, I didn't watch it, to be clear, but they all tell me that because the last episode was so bad, it ruined everything. People had been watching Lost for 13 seasons saying this is the best show ever, yes, right. but then they got to the last episode, yes, ruined the everything for everybody, and everybody said this is the worst ever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here's the other thing, though. I think you can also have a really bad show Come for 13 on. seasons, yes, sir. Yes, sir. but if you end it just right, yes, yes. Yes. you've got a great show. <laughs> it doesn't matter how we begins, it doesn't matter what the middle part is, it only matters what's at the end. No one ever goes into a boxing match and says, I had the best first round, but I lost in the end. No one cares. (laughs) No one cares that you won the first two rounds. The only care is what the result is at the end. When I was younger, I was a pretty good athlete. I was actually, I used to do 100 meters and 200 meters. My problem was that I couldn't, didn't ever have a fast start. With sprints, you need to, your start needs to be, it's everything, if you don't get a good start, you're gonna lose that race. But where I came in is that 70 to 100 meter mark, I was really strong on the back end. I could make up for everything about the start of my race. I was slow out the blocks. I didn't have good what they called pickup speed. I couldn't get up to speed very quickly. But when I hit my top speed, that's when I started to catch everybody up. Didn't matter how far you thought you were ahead of me, especially in the 200 meters, I was, I was pretty good. In the 200 meters, I had a bit more time to catch you right had a bit more time so i could I, a terrible start every i would literally last every single start of every single race i was last but then i had enough pickup speed at the end where i could track you down i remember my wife told me a great story when she was living in, Germ- in germany if i can tell the story um she was living in germany and she was fast as well when she was younger as well right so she was a sprinter but there was this one German girl who she was racing against. Now, t- the way Tanya describes it, she was two times her size, right? So, Tanya got off to a great start. But these long, this long-legged German girl apparently tracked her down. doesn't matter how fast she started the race. It was who won in the end. No one said, oh, well, Tanya's the champion of the first 50. Let's give her a, let's give her a prize. <laughs> Nope, they says who won? That's all we care about, who won? (laughs) I'm setting this up for the story of Jesus. I hope you understand where I'm going. The first day when Jesus was brought in before these, um, what the scripture describes as ungodly men, he was accused, he was as a lamb before the slaughterer, the scripture describes him as. He is the weak one. He is head bowed, silent, quiet, taking the abuse, taking literally the torture. Don't you know that they whipped him yes, all night long? Literally the scripture tells us that they whipped him all night long. We are told that a crown of thorns were placed on his head, mocking his kingship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are told that a spear was thrust into his side. We are told that the way this race, the way this story begins, is not the way we want a story of somebody we love to be described. But as I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter how the story begins. It only matters how it ends. We would be terrified by the story of the crucifixion if that was all we were given if the story of Jesus ended right there when he died we would never be talking about this ever
1: That's right that's right yes sir
0: If that was the whole story we wouldn't have faith We take the cross and literally use it as a symbol of victory We can only do that if somehow the story at the end changes from how it began Everybody else in the world who looks at the symbol of the cross yes, knows exactly what it is. Yes, sir. It's a symbol of brutal torture yes, and, and um, The description of somebody who should be a criminal. Yes, sir All right. Correct. Yes, But because of what happens three days later We've taken that that symbol that should mean death yes, yes. and said now that means victory, victory. and life yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know how powerful the resurrection has to be in order to turn something. It's like taking a hangman's noose and saying that means life. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like taking a guillotine and saying, yep, that's our symbol of victory. Only resurrection can turn something like that into something like life. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes. I am so juiced this morning. I'm so, I'm so, I have so much energy this morning because this is a resurrection morning. Yes, yes, yes. This is, all things are possible yes. if we believe. Wow,
1: wow. All things are possible, yes, sir.
0: Yes. Let's look at, let's go back to Luke just for a second. Luke chapter 24. Just to kind of contrast what John says with Luke. Let's just do that just this morning. Let's just do that. Luke 24, Luke 24. Luke 24 says this Thank you Lord Luke 24 says this says Now upon the first day of the week Very early in the morning They came unto the sepulchre bringing the spices Which they had prepared and certain others with them And they found the stone rolled away From the sepulchre And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why are you even here? Here's the thing that I love about this, is that the angels are trying to comfort them, not not with what they're seeing, but what Jesus said. Listen to what they say next saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. This was a necessary moment. And be crucified. And the third day rise again. You know what I'm realizing? Is that the disciples didn't listen to Jesus as well as we thought. (laughs) I'm going to ask the minister to help me find a few scriptures here. And it's going to be a lot because Jesus said it a lot. But yet we're here on the third day. And y'all ain't listening. <laughs> Let's go to St. Matthew sixteen twenty to twenty one. St. Matthew sixteen twenty to twenty one. I'm gonna have a few of these because I need you to understand how sometimes we can ignore the word of the Lord given to us, even though we know the word of the Lord is stronger than anything else. St. Matthew sixteen twenty to twenty one. What does it say, sir? It
1: says, "Then charge yeah. he his disciples yeah. that they should tell no man." that he
0: is Jesus the Christ. Don't tell them I'm the Christ yet, they're not ready for this message. You're gonna have the opportunity to preach this word, but not yet. yet. And then he says what? Verse 21,
1: from that time forth, begun Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things (laughs) of the elders and chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and must be raised again on the third day.
0: So he's telling them. He's told them way before the event I'm going to be I'm going to be captured I'm going to be killed and I'm going to rise again. He didn't leave anything out. <laughs> this is the same Jesus that calmed the storm. This is the same Jesus that just a few weeks ago raised Lazarus from the dead. This is the same Jesus that's been healing the sick, casting out spirits and demons. This is the same one and they've somehow forgotten. Let's go to St. Matthew. 17, 22 and 23, the very next chapter. Yes, and yes. Jesus
1: said unto them, because of your unbelief, yeah. if you have faith, as a grain of a mustard seed yes. shall say unto the mountain, yes. be removed to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and it shall be, nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it those kind goeth not out by okay. prayer fasting.
0: What's the next verse?
1: Um, verse 22. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be t- betrayed in yes. the hands of men. Yes. And shall kill him. Yeah. And the third day he shall be raised
0: again. Told him again in chapter sixteen. Told him again, again in seventeen. 17 yes, right. Sir. And they shall be exceedingly sorry. Yes, sir. It's, this is going yes, to happen. Yes, going to happen. Yes, sir. This isn't a surprise. This is yes, This is part of the plan. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir.
0: Right. Uh, did, did you ever see um, Muhammad Ali when he fought jo- George Foreman? Okay. Yes, sir. When Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman, they thought George Foreman was going to obliterate Muhammad Ali. He was strong, he was a really, really big man. He had just beaten the guy who, who Muhammad Ali couldn't barely fight. He barely got through that fight and he was going to fight George Foreman and they thought he's, going to, he's definitely going to lose to this guy. And I'm bringing this up because Muhammad Ali spent the first five rounds being hit by George Foreman in the most brutal of ways. It's hard to watch, but it was a part of Muhammad Ali's plan, but he never told anybody. It's what we now refer to as the rope-a-dope, where I'm going to take these punches from you for six rounds. And and, and apparently during the fight, Muhammad Ali said to, to George Foreman, you're not getting tired, are you? and he was he was getting so tired that he couldn't continue to fight and the plan was to make him get so tired that i could attack him how the fight started wasn't how the fight ended so he's telling the disciples it's going to look awful for 3 days it's going to look like we've lost for 3 days but then i'm going to be i'm going to be back again on the 3rd day you're struggling with how rounds one, two, and three are, and I'm telling you about round six right now. Yes, come on, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. It's going to look bad in round two. Yes, it's going to look like I'm defeated in round three, but in round six, I'm coming back. Amen.
1: Amen. Yes, sir. Let's
0: keep looking at more scriptures. Yes, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, every single gospel tells us that Jesus told them this was going to happen. Yes, sir. Mark 8. Yes, sir. 30 and 31. Can you find that one for yes, me, sir. Yes, sir.
1: Like Mark chapter 8, 30 and 31. Yes. And he charged them yes that they should tell no man of him. Yes. And he began to teach them, and the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests, and the <laughs> yes. scribes, and be killed, yes and after three days rise
0: again. So he not only told them specifically that I'm going to be captured. <laughs> He told them exactly who's going to capture him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He told them when it's going to happen, yes, and he told him how long I'm going to be out of this for, and exactly when I'm going to come back.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes,
0: okay, let's do another one. Mark 9:31. There's lots of these. They're all over the place. Jesus is telling them how this story is going to yes, go. He's telling them this is what the fight's going to look like. Right. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Mark chapter 9, verse 31, 4. He taught his disciples yes. and
1: said unto them, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and that it should kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day.
0: Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, Let's sir. do one more. Luke mm-hmm. 9, 22. Luke 9. I'm telling you, everywhere is telling us that Jesus not only knew this was happening, he planned for it to happen and told them how it was going to happen. Yes, he did saying yes
1: the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders yes of the chief priests and of the scribes and be slain and be, and be raised the third day
0: wow everybody knows everybody should have known let's go back into luke 24 now let's go back to where i started from Saying, verse 7, saying the Son of Man, this is what the angels are telling Mary and the the folks now, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. I've been telling you the whole time. This is what's going to be. But it's amazing to me how despair and how worry and how fear can take away the things we know to be certain. Now instead of trust...
1: Yes, sir. The thing I have is fear. fear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: And I'm worried that he's actually not going to come back. And I know it's day one, and I shouldn't be worried day one, surely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Day two, I know, again, he's not supposed to be here yet. Yeah. But day three is here, and I still don't see him. Yes, sir and this is where the scripture needs to be reinforced with each other we're gonna have those days where it just doesn't feel like I can feel him in the way I'm supposed to feel him and I need you to remind me and I need me to remind you that he is risen Sometimes it feels like my prayers are only in my own mouth. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. They barely make it outside of my own mouth. And I need, Lord, I need you to remind me that you are in fact risen. Hallelujah, glory to God. So they, verse 8 says, and they remembered his words. I don't know, this is a word for me today, but sometimes I need that remembrance. Like we have those moments where we're on the absolute hill, but when I'm down here in the valley, I need to remember what I heard when I was on the mountaintop. We need to be connected to what we remember in Christ Jesus. If he says you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay if he says you've got the victory you've got the victory it doesn't matter what round you're in it only matters how it
1: ends
0: (laughs) so let's keep reading saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and they remembered his word and returned from the sepulchre told all these things unto the eleven it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna yes. and Mary the mother of James and the other woman that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. Yes, I don't think this was an accident. Yes, right. Who's here? Yes, not the ones Jesus selected, handpicked, crafted for his yes. his ministry, these 11 men who he picked out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> the angel's not speaking to them right now.
1: Yes.
0: The angel's speaking to the women right now. Yes, like they are geographically and positioned to receive a word from the Lord and give it to those ones who are supposed to be believing. And I'm saying that to say this, I don't want you to wait for a title, I don't want you to wait for a degree in ministry to know that the Christ is in you and the Christ in you is valuable to me. Like, it is ready in you now. (laughs) There's a scripture that's in verse, in fact, verse 11 goes on to say, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Those women have the word of God, and the ones that Jesus has been teaching this whole time don't recognize it. (laughs) They don't recognize it. Even though Jesus has, I've just told you how, Jesus repeatedly told them. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. I'm going to be slain, but I'm going to raise on the third day. And they hear that word from the Mary Magdalene, from Joanna and the other Mary, and they still don't believe. In fact, not only do they not believe, they think it must be what the scripture describes as an idle tale, which is another way of saying they've just made it up. It's another way of saying we think you're making up what you've just said. It's a fairy tale, it's your imagination. It's not quite right. <laughs> and these are the ones that Jesus has selected. But there's somebody, in fact, we find there's two somebodies who hear that what is said and take off running for the tomb. They Peter and what we understand to be John run towards the like wait a minute, this is the third day. This is in fact the third day. We've been waiting and you're telling me the tomb is empty. And it's a foot race, we don't know how far it was. But we know that Peter and John take off running. And what we do know according to John is that he got there first. Tells them, the one who loved, I'm John the one who loved and I got there first. We also find out that Peter went in first, into the tomb first. And John was one who followed him. And that Mary came back after they were done. So what does that tell us? Look, we are all getting a piece of the story of who Jesus is to us. And the part that we have, we've got to share it with somebody else so that they start their part of the race. You see, without Mary running back to the disciples, the Peter doesn't run to them. Without Peter running and John running... John won't get to the tomb without John waiting for Peter to go into the tomb John doesn't believe the gospel doesn't get written what am I saying all that for we are all connected I might believe that the Lord healed me from an ailment and you haven't seen it yet you don't know that part of the journey with Christ and so I share that with you and now you believe more but then you share with me hey Yes, Don't you know that I asked the Lord to help me with my job? Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, and I'm realizing wait, you know, he's more than just what I thought he could be. Yes, uh, yes, sir. Each of them hold a piece of the message of Jesus. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And
0: every single part yes, of that message is genuine and real. Yes, sir. But we need all of it to understand that he is he risen. Is risen. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. That's the story. Yes, sir. God, yes. Hallelujah. Yes. So let me keep going here. Yes, sir. Then arose Peter and ran to the tomb and to the sepulchre. What I love about this is that the last time Peter's looked at Jesus, the last time Peter has saw, and saw Jesus, he had denied him multiple times. The last thing he did, the last thing he thought Jesus saw of him was him denying who Jesus was. I don't know him, cock crows. I don't know him and curses. Cock crows I told you I don't know him Get away from me Curse, curse, curse Cock crows a third time Jesus is taken away That's the last time They have an interaction In the same room Don't you know Peter needs this Peter needs the Lord To be alive On an emotional Human level He needs the Lord To be alive Because he needs to correct The mistake he's made Yes And so he takes off running. If he could be alive and I could meet him just to correct what I've done. You know, you wonder why if the gospel ends, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the gospel, Come come on. And then we get Acts. The book of the acts which is the acts of the apostles the apostles doing their thing jesus has gone into glory into the heavens Mm -hmm. and the acts of the apostles are the apostles doing what they do and the person who's the bravest the person who stands out the person who will not be denied is peter Peter. why 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 has he changed from this guy who would curse you out would curse you straight to your face to deny who jesus is to the guy who will never you can't stop him from yes, speaking sir. about Jesus. That's right, that's right. Do you know what the difference is between that version of Peter yes, okay. and the new version Come of on, Peter? Peter? Come on, preacher. Yes sir. It's the resurrection. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. He now realizes yes. there is nothing in there's no authority in this earth yes, yes, that is greater than Jesus. That's
1: right, that's right, that's right. Oh, my. Oh, my. yes sir. He
0: realized it a little bit because when Jesus and I think the, the minister preached about this a few weeks ago. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, when, when he realized how important the message of Jesus was, yes
1: sir, yes sir,
0: yes. he left everything yes and walked off. Yes that's right, that's right. Left his, his own business. He had a fishing yes business with, yes, with, with partners and everything. Yes sir, yes sir. And he left everything. Yes sir. Yes. And when he was faced with the death of Jesus, it yes sir. all broke apart. Yes yes sir. But then when he saw the resurrection, yes, he couldn't stop. Yes sir, yes sir. Yes. And I was thinking about the value I was thinking about this, what makes a person change so much? And the best way I could think about this was in a particular story, a bit of history I, re- I learned about a few, few months, months ago. Yes, sir. The, the richest man in the history of the world is a person called Mansa Musa. If, if you go look it up, he was born in East Africa. He made his money from gold, silver and salt. Now they say Elon Musk is the richest guy now, but if you look at the relative value, this guy is richer than Elon Musk, way richer than Elon Musk. Like he may be as rich as the top five billionaires in the world right now. He was wealthy. And this wasn't stock wealthy, this wasn't imaginary wealth. wealthy, this was gold, silver and salt. So he decides, this man decides, he's so rich, he decides, I'm gonna go from East Africa all the way to West Africa in Egypt. And along the way, he stops. You know, it's gonna be a long journey. It's thousands and thousands of miles. And he's taking all his wealth, all his people with him. And he travels from the East to the West. And while he's traveling, he has to obviously stop at various locations along the way. And as he stops at each of these locations, He inadvertently destroys the economy of multiple places as he goes, why? Because imagine this rich man shows up in your village and you you need, let's say he needs to change the shoe, the horseshoes on his shoe, on his horse. But he pays you so much that you say to yourself, I'm never going to fit another horseshoe in my life. He's paid you way more money than you could ever understand. So he destroys the economies just by paying for things normally. He's overpaying for them. So people who, the people, the doctor who would provide services saying, I'm done with that, I'm not working anymore. Look how much money I've got. So he gets to Egypt, literally destroys the economy within Egypt because he stays there so long that he makes the people wealthy and he destroys the economy and goes back. All these, I'm saying all this to say that, when somebody so powerful comes in your life and gives you a gift that is so valuable, it disrupts what you think of as normal. Like it's difficult for me to go back to my, if somebody came up to me and gave me $10 million, I probably won't go to work next Monday. It wouldn't happen. You got
1: witness, So
0: I'm asking you to imagine now what is going through Peter's mind when Jesus comes up to him and shows him that he can capture all the fish in all the sea in one single night why would peter go back to work on monday morning knowing he's in the presence of jesus it's disrupting my whole life it's disrupted who i thought i should be because jesus has given me so much why does peter not run away again why does peter not not go back and go look after his wife and his mother-in-law, or go back to fishing because of the resurrection. It's changed everything about the thing he values. It's more money. It's not money in the way we think of, but it's more than money in the way we think of. So Peter is now a new man, eyes open, He understands that Jesus died for his sins. He understands that I can give people this gift, that I have in fact been given a gift. And I'm wondering if we can be as bold as Peter is after the resurrection, knowing that our relationship with Christ is new and that it has changed now with the power of his resurrection, that he has washed away all our sins. All those things that were in my past are no longer subject to them all the things that were crushing me i don't have to worry about them he has saved me from my sin let me read one more scripture into your hearing it's in first peter chapter three. 1 peter chapter three if somebody finds it before me please read it first peter chapter three verses 18. yes sir christ
1: also had once suffered in sin
0: for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, yes. The just for the unjust. He suffered being just being good, for me being unjust. Yes, sir. That, that he, go ahead. That he, yes. That he might bring us to God. Why did he do it? Why did he, a person who had no sin, suffer for somebody who had all the sin? Yes, sir. Because he wanted us to have relationship with God. Yes, sir. Being put to death in the flesh. He was, he had his flesh tortured, brutalized, but what happened? But
1: quickened by the Spirit. But he
0: was made alive by the Spirit. spirit. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his (laughs) word.